Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Jesse and Nick are back. Project Rise after our three-week midsummer break. Uh, we missed you guys. You know, it's it's been a little yeah. while since we talked to you guys. And uh, but hey, don't think that we forgot about you. You know, we've been putting a lot of work in the last couple of weeks, uh, getting uh, growing and and getting more content, growing different divisions of Project Rise, and working on a lot of exciting things that we have yeah, we've uh, got some coming exciting up. Exciting things in the works. I'm excited. Yeah. There's a nice, yeah. uh, uh, nice productive time for us where we got a lot done. Uh, but man, I'm I'm super excited to be back on the podcast and and back chatting with you and and oh, yeah. uh, just just doing the things that we love love most. That's it, and that's talking to you guys. And yeah, I mean, we we uh, you know we say it often. We have a lot of different divisions of Project Rise, and that's exactly what we've been working on. You know, the podcast is just one part of this, and. Moving forward, there's going to be a lot of different content, a lot of different initiatives, uh, and we'll get into a lot more of that information. But uh, guys, a lot has changed uh, since we last talked to you. You know, phase three. Phase it's already phase three. three. Can you believe it? Eh? Big crowds now. Well, are we allowed to do things. Is Toronto? Is Toronto in phase three yet? I don't think Toronto is in phase three yet. As we're recording this, I don't know. I know York Region and and parts of the GTA moved in last Friday which was great because I was able to at least see some family and have some people over over the weekend. Um, but I don't know if Toronto, I don't know if the city is yet. Yeah. Well, I could be here at Project Rise, we're well-informed um, civilians of oh, Toronto. 100%. We know what we're breaking, talking about. Breaking news <laughs> going on. If you guys want Toronto breaking news, you come here. Yeah. <laughs> we like to do our research before a podcast. Oh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, really. What have you been up to uh, the last? I know we've been in touch. We've seen each other a couple of times, but what did you get up to these last few weeks? Um, nothing, man. Uh, just doing lots of the, uh, online SWAT stuff, just working away. Um, you know, the, the stuff that the secret stuff that we've been working on for project rides. I know we've both been putting in a lot of work with that. Um, and then my, uh, my application for policing has taken up a lot of my time, um, which has pretty been a pretty intensive, uh, process and, and a long process. Uh, but I'm excited. Um, it's really something special to pursue your lifelong dream. I got to tell you, like oh, knowing I, I knew I wanted to be a police officer, police officer since I was in grade six. Um, and to finally accept that and like to take that plunge of like pursuing that is really something special. Um, and I mean, I don't want to make myself self sound like this, you know, wizard of, of life, but. <laughs> Um, it's just, you know, sometimes it takes guts to take that leap on oh, to yeah. do what you're doing. It's so easy to get kind of in this, I don't want to say false sense of comfort, but just in a, in a, in comfort and routine and just having a steady paycheck and, yep. and taking that, that chance to fail at something that you want to do, but there is that possibility that you could end up with your dream job. And that's what I'm doing. So I'm I'm super super excited about that. But it's take, definitely taken up a lot of my time. But that's going to be time uh, well worth it. What about yourself, dude? How you oh, doing? Oh, absolutely, man. No, I've been good. Uh, same thing, you know, just trying to you know focus on me, focus on the on the podcast and and our platform. Yeah, it's been it's been a good uh, been a good couple of weeks. I spent a lot of time in my cottage. Was able to see uh, family again, obviously uh, in bigger crowds, which is nice uh burnt the hell out of myself spending too much time on on the beach and outside and golfing so uh but you know what i just wanted to get out and get into nature and and uh just not be held up in my house took some time off of my my job regularly and uh yeah it's been really good 
Well, and I, and I think that's something important, and, and that's where we're going over these next couple of interviews on getting back into real life after being social distancing and and social isolating for such a long time. And I know when we started off this podcast, we had a an episode where we did talk about social distancing versus social isolation. Yeah. And I think, you know, no matter how hard you tried, there was still some degree of social uh, self-isolation. Uh, and there, you know, it's, it's after experiencing this for the past, what, four months, there, you know, yeah, you can pick up the phone and, and make a call or do a Skype call, but it's, it's different than seeing someone in person and seeing their eyes and seeing their emotions and talking to them sure. and feeling their presence and and just being there so um it is nice gonna be it is nice now that things are opening up and we're able to see people a little bit more yeah. uh, but we also have to kind of tread cautiously with mm-hmm. with the way that we've been coping on our own um and now going back and adding more stress into our life with you know possibly at more at more work or going into work and um uh, and and proceeding here from from where we've been for so long. Yeah, and that's it. And honestly, I, I think for myself, and we talked about how you know there should there's going to be such a mental health pandemic, and how we're in such an adjustment going from you know normal life to quarantine. But I, to be honest, I think the transition from quarantine and self isolation back to a normalcy or whatever we know as a normalcy is going to be a lot more difficult now because you find that a lot more people have their guard up. A lot more people are a lot more concerned with stuff going on in the world and kind of, you know, how do I interact with, with one another and, you know, what's okay, how much do I have to sanitize my hands? And as we're getting into that, um, it kind of leads in perfectly into the episode that we have today with uh, Melissa Presta. Um, It's a great initiative that she started called the Don't Make It Awkward Movement. And and you'll hear a lot more information about it um, in the interview we're going to drop for you soon. Uh, but it's just an initiative of getting back into the world, yeah, getting back awesome. into the workplace and uh, basically how we can go. And, and essentially, as the name says, not make it awkward. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, we've talked about how my family's very accustomed to whenever you see somebody, you know, you hug them, you kiss them. Like, you don't know people's comfort levels anymore. Yeah. And, well, and that, yeah, every, everyone's on a different comfort level right now. Yeah. And everyone's, when it comes to feeling comfortable with interacting with other people and just feeling comfortable with going back into society, I'm actually, I, I wanted to pull up um, the post that we just posted, um, would have been uh, a, a today, yeah. so yesterday. Yeah. Um, so the it's um, most common triggers for anxiety. And then looking at the top three, being away from your safe space, overstimulating environments, and stressful work life. Yep. Those are three factors that we're reintroducing all at once. Um, so it's just, it's one of those things where people are at different levels. You know, people exactly. are at different points of, of how they're dealing with things. And because they've been so accustomed to be in their home and their safe space, and that's what they're used to now, you know, there is possible issues with going back out into normalcy or the real real world again um and we touch a little bit on that and i think that uh, melissa and her initiative um with don't make it awkward is and and the the products that she has um is really awesome and something that here at project rise we've gotten um you know gotten behind for sure yeah and uh yeah with that being said i mean we, we have a really good partnership with her now and guys we have our first ad read so don't uh no pressure on me is the first ad reading do. usually <laughs> i'm not good at reading on the spot but we'll try this out all right, guys. So, what's your le- what's your comfort level outside your home? 
Are you keeping your distance? Are you cool with conversations? Opens to hugs and high fives. Wow, see, that's already terrible on my end, but eh, we'll give it another whirl. I mean, I, I wasn't <laughs> going to say it. I was going to let you continue, but I wasn't. Oh, but how many worlds I stumbled on? <laughs> Let's do that again, guys. What's your comfort level outside your home? Are you keeping your distance, cool with conversation, open to hugs and high fives? Let people know where you are by purchasing your indicator band at notawk.com. One dollar of every band sold will go to support mental health. Don't make it awkward. Know and respect the comfort level. That's notawk.com, spelled N-O-T-A-W-K.com. And guys, you'll be hearing a lot more of Melissa and that initiative coming up in this interview. But Jess, I mean, I know we talked about it. What, uh, and we talked about it again, you know, where's your comfort level at right now when you're kind of heading out into the world? Um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, you, you want it to be normal. You want to have that, like I said, that normalcy back into your, into your life, but you're still, I, at least I'm still hesitant on how much I interact with people because there, yeah. you know, is all the, the warning signs out there or the, the, the warnings out there of, you know, being too hasty on going back or, or not following correct protocols. And I think people just need to listen to that advice and, and, you know, still maintain, uh, the correct social distancing, um, and just follow what the doctors are saying and, and trust them. Um, but it's just, you know, there's hesitation for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'm kind of in the same space. I mean, I've, I've become very comfortable with wearing a mask when I'm out now. I mean, uh, I, I'm not trying to make it like awkward or, or for anybody. Like if I, if that's the one little thing I could do to, you know, help, you know, flatten the curve and stop the spread of this, then why not do it? I mean, yeah. I, I don't see the problem with wearing a mask and, you know, there's some really cool looking masks out there. People are trying to match them to their outfits now. Like it's, it's becoming a trend. So like, I'm not, yeah. uh, overly concerned about it yeah it's a little bit difficult to breathe in at times but hey it's it's a small thing we can do for the rest of the world and for the safety of of everybody but you know without mentioning any more i know we have the interview coming up we do want to touch upon a few just kind of housekeeping things um and i think the first one being as i mentioned uh, in a story yesterday we are shifting our podcast to wednesdays now so instead of mondays we will be dropping a podcast every other wednesday we're doing that because you know we want to focus a lot more on our video content kind of uh, on our informational content that we have on our pages and uh jesse and i are working hard at uh the workshops that we have coming up um and with phase three and with the next steps of going back to a normalcy world um this is a good time for us to get into that so we are taking a lot of time to to focus on that which is why you will get episodes every other week uh right now but also we have an amazing challenge that i know a lot of you signed up already for uh coming up this august um it's a cycling challenge um that's organized by Sick Kids Hospital. This is all for cancer, re- uh, cancer research at Sick Kids. So we got about, I don't know, I think we have about 10 people on our team right now. Yeah, I think about that, so. yeah. yeah. Yeah, so guys, what we're going to be doing is uh, in August, the challenge is, you know, we set a goal as to how many kilometers we want to bike. And I think, what do we have, four or 5,000 kilometers as a team uh, to yeah, bike? Yeah, I, entire- I think it's um, like 5,000 kilometers to bike as a team. And then we, our target for raising, I think is 4,000. 4,000, exactly. Yeah, yeah so yeah. guys, we're, we're going to be posting more about that uh, on our progress uh, and also places where you can go ahead and, and donate uh, to our page. But it's funny, we put the the original distance at about 4,000 kilometers at Jason, one of our uh, no, guests. No, at 1,000 kilometers. Oh, yeah, at 1,000. We did it at 1,000 kilometer, <laughs> and then Jason texts me <laughs> and says, 
dude, you're gonna have I, to bump those numbers up. Yeah. I'm gonna get like 2,500 on exactly. my own. I was like, okay, fair enough. Yeah, he messages me too. He goes, buddy, I'm gonna do that in a week. I go, hey, I didn't know that you're on the team yet. So with that being said, then yeah, we're gonna have to bump it up as high as possible. Yeah, yeah, but I like it. It's you know, it's it's uh, it's for a great cause, but then you also can be a little bit competitive with it too. Uh, I know that I'm personally going to bike more kilometers than you and raise more money than you, but that's just because I know I'm better than you. That's because you're better than me and your legs are four times the size <laughs> <Yeah>. of mine. <laughs> but no, I'm excited for this. I just recently got into cycling, so this is a really good challenge. And, yeah. and to everybody who, who joined the team, thank you. Even if you haven't joined the team and you don't want to join a full-time, guys, we will be posting once a week. We're going to be doing um, group rides um, around Toronto, around the GTA uh, we might hit different locations. So once a week uh, for the entire month of August, we will be posting about this. And feel free to join. Guys, you don't need to be experienced. If you're a mountain biker, road bike, anything, uh, you go at your own pace. I will be at the back of the pack while Jesse's way ahead in the front. <laughs> so anybody who wants to leg along, you can come with me. I'll pack a couple beers and we'll <laughs> we'll enjoy a ride. Um, but yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, and, and we're excited to bring you guys uh, up to date with where we are in that challenge. But Jess, if you're ready, let's, I say we pass it off to uh, our interview today. Let's do it. All right, guys. So without further ado, this is Melissa Presta from the Don't Make It Awkward Move It movement. Hope you enjoy. All right, guys. We are in stage three. Things are starting to open up, and there is no better interview to have to start us off uh, in this next wave of comfort and, I guess, normalcy, if that's even a word that we're going back to. I'd like to welcome Melissa Presta, the founder of Don't Make It Awkward uh, a new movement and organization that has started uh, that we'll go into more detail about. But Melissa, welcome to the Project Rise podcast. Thanks. For welcome. Me. I'm excited. Oh, absolutely! It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun conversation. Uh, we love the movement, and we can't wait to to share this any further. Uh, sorry, can't wait to share this more with with our listeners and our followers. Uh, but Mel, just give us a little background about yourself. You know who you are uh, and how you found Project Rise and 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 what you want to accomplish with with this interview. So um, I'm Melissa, obviously, and um, I'm a mother of two. I, a full, not a full-time mom, but I've been working from home since um, since the uh, pandemic uh, began. And then I stopped working, and now I'm focusing on taking care of my kids. But that's sort of how the whole project came to be. Now, my background is marketing and such. So when this all happened, you could imagine that my husband and I had all these conversations, be it our, our professional backgrounds about, um, you know, how are we going to get back to normal after this? We have two children. I was already nervous enough before this all started taking my kids to daycare, because as you can imagine, kids get sick all the time in daycare. Yeah. You go to work and people are sick at work because they don't want to miss work. So that really instilled some like a fear in me about, you know, okay, so when things go back to normal in two weeks, which is what we thought it would be, how am I going to approach this? How am I going to deal with this? And over time, all these little ideas came to mind. And about a month ago, we thought about a color system, you know, a visual system for um, people to see where your comfort level's at without you having to say it. Because someone who is sort of uncomfortable talking about how they feel might not want to say anything up front. They might be afraid of the confrontation they might get by or from somebody in the workplace or somebody in public saying, well, why don't you want to talk to me or get too close to me? So yeah. that's why we developed these bands. Love them. <laughs> awesome. Those so awesome. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it's been it's been fun since we started. We're trying to put out a lot of content. We're um, we're getting a lot of content from a lot of mental health associations that are supporting us and so forth. And it's been a lot of fun so far, and we've had a great response. Nice. Yeah, and it's it's an awesome movement, and it's something that I, I'm surprised that I, you know nobody's thought of it sooner than you have because it's amazing. I mean, you got to think let's say even if there was a vaccine, just I think the general movement of the world moving forward now is people are going to be a lot more reserved. I think there's always going to be a little bit more of a fear because we've dealt with such a pandemic of, you know, how do we interact with with everybody? And and even as time goes on, I think that's just kind of the new wave of the world now. So uh, this organization that you started, Don't Make It Awkward, it, I think it's amazing. And I think it's awesome to give that indicator um, to people around you without having to have that conversation. I, and I know that's a big focus um, for you guys. What, uh, what color, so what, what are the, the bracelets, the colors, and what do they stand for um, that you have? So it's important to mention, which I should have mentioned sooner, that $1 from every band that we sell goes to supporting mental health. So that's awesome. That will always be part of, you know, what I do and, and what we sell and, and everything. So that'll never go away. But right now we've got our red bands, which say keeping my distance. Can't really nice. see. People. But <laughs> that's for someone who's not quite comfortable with close contact, you know, talking close. You know, everyone's wearing masks now. So just sort of, sort of wants to get back in the world, staying distant. Yeah. Uh, this is where most of us are at right now. Just talking, no touching. So getting a little yep. bit closer with your mask on, of course, yep. and having conversations. Maybe you're back in the workplace. Maybe you have to have those meetings that aren't over Skype or, you know, video calls and, and all that. And then when you get really comfortable, you got <laughs> open to hugs and high fives. Oh, which I love it. <laughs> maybe, you know, on a normal day, if this wasn't the situation, we'd all be cool with that. But we're not quite there yet for the most yeah. part. <laughs> and if you really want to confuse everyone, you wear all three at the same time. <laughs> yes. And if you really want to keep someone away from you, you just wear the red one the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what color bracelet do you have for all the Italians to to double kiss on the cheeks when when they're comfortable with that? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you know it's it's funny because I, I feel like um I'll say like our parents' generations, like given that our parents are in around the same age, maybe mine are a bit older, but um they they had a hard time with this, I think. Oh yeah. I, I really think that that they did and, and all that social connection and, and such. And I know that from I used to work in a retirement home and those common areas were always happening. Like nobody would stay within their suite. They wanted to be in the lounge. They wanted to be in the dining room. They craved that. They craved having singers and artists come in and performers and, you know, people to talk to in the events that we used to throw in such. So, you know, I think it was really hard for especially that generation more. And I find that like our generation, like in and around, like anywhere between 20 and like maybe 35, we're a little bit more reserved at times. We're busier. So maybe staying in a bit more didn't bother us but I think after that you know three week mark hit everyone started getting that like okay so what's going on now right yeah yeah, yeah. and it's it was it's a tough adjustment even for myself I mean I'm very used to when I meet somebody or when I say hi to somebody you know give them a hug kiss on the cheek like it's just yeah. it's traditions it's customs what what we've grown up doing and for us it's you almost take that step in now and realize, okay, no, like I shouldn't be doing it. It's, it's, it's weird. It's, I mean, with family, with friends, with anybody, it, it, 
it is a situation. I love the name of this organization of don't make it awkward because you're right. Like it's, we're in such a time in the world where almost everything is awkward now. Like every interaction, every time we go to a grocery store, we go somewhere or just having to keep our distance. I remember I was, when golf courses first opened up, I was golfing with two other people that uh, we never met before. And, you know, naturally they come close to you and, and we're just, Hey guys, like, do you mind just take a step back? And it's like, without even having to say that, I think if, if these bracelets are more, out in the world, it's just going to take away that, that awkwardness exactly is what it always comes back to. So I think it's an amazing organization. I think it's something that obviously guys, you're going to hear a lot, um, on our page about this. Jess, if you had to pick a bracelet now, what color would you get? Red. You would go red still, eh? (laughs) (laughs) I'd probably go green. I'm all about the green. Yeah. I, I think, I think I would pick green now too. I mean, I, I say that just because you just see the the progress we've made in in Toronto now. I think, you know, I think a lot of people are respecting the rules of wearing your mask and everything. And I think as long as we abide by that, like naturally we're going to, you know, get in a better place uh, and and hopefully this passes sooner than later. I think, I I think I'm a green band too right now. Yeah. I think, I think we, I think we all have to be a yellow at this point, but I think we all (laughs) want to be a green. Of course. Yeah. The whole mask thing, like I have to go back to that because I know like, on the news and in social media and everywhere on the internet, you're seeing people not wanting to wear masks and it's like a right and I don't have to do this. But like, if you really think about it, it's just another rule. Just like when we go to the airport, you have to take off your shoes, your belt and security. You have to keep your tray table up when you take off on a plane. Like it just needs to be a little more normalized. I think that it's just a shock right now for everybody. But I, I mean, like, as phase three gets into full force, I think we'll get a little more normalized. You know, nothing's ever going to be maybe as lax as it was, but our yeah, new yeah. normal will be perfectly fine and comfortable for us, right? Yeah. Of course. I mean, yeah. we're, we're in for a new normal right now. I mean, however, which way we want to put it, we're in for a new normal. There's going to be new rules, new regulations that are in. And, and honestly, the more I wear a mask when I'm out, the more comfortable it is. And it's honestly starting to become a look right now. Like you yeah. see these kind of fashionable masks, like people are pairing their masks with their bathing suits or masks with their outfits. It's like, yeah, it's not, it's yeah. not terrible. I mean, I'm not, yeah. listen, I'll do it because I, I want to be the last person to ever be the problem in a situation. Right. So naturally in any way I'm going to do it. Um, but it's not bad. Like if you think, I know it's tough maybe in the summer cause it's really hot outside and the humidity, but at the end of the day, I mean, it, it's a rule that we got to follow. And if, you know, we want to, continue to see success with this this is something that we just unfortunately have to uh, abide by for now so and maybe I, with I time it'll these, pass these bands are a great way to yeah. help progress into that new uh state of normalcy um yeah. and with the bands um i know you're saying they're they're six dollars correct correct and then just to restate to everyone that's listening they're six dollars but one dollar uh goes to uh, a mental health organization correct exactly amazing i love that so much and where uh, where can we where can our listeners go to to purchase these bracelets? So you can go to nodoc.com to purchase your bracelet. You can go to nodoc.com to learn more about the organization. And I post a, a weekly blog there as well. I share some insightful content on there. So anything about you know what's going on in mental health, definitions, and to learn more about the bracelets and purchase, you can go there. Nice. We're going to put that in the, the bio of the video, but, or sorry, in the description of the video, but then we're also going to put, um, the link to that website into the bio of our Instagram page as well. So everyone can find it there. So it's Mm -hmm. super easy. People can go, go on over there, check out your content and purchase, um, some, uh, bands and, and get ready of this, uh, new 
level of normalcy like we we're talking about. Yeah. Um, there's actually uh, a one little thing that you were talking about uh, going before, like just kind of segueing into our topics today of uh, of how it's, you know, dealing with your kids um, in this day and age. Um, and, and one thing that Nick and I talked about is, is it's that, you know, that that generational gap. Um, and I'm sure your kids are at that age where they want to see your parents or their grandparents yes. a lot. How do you, and this is kind of a, a question leading into a question. Um, mm-hmm. First off, like, how do you explain to them that they can't hug their grandparents um, and or they can't have that same physical contact that they were able to um, four months ago? And how do you explain that to such a young human being? And then kind of going into my further question of how do you explain this whole situation to your young kids? Well, um, I think I've had a bit of an advantage seeing that my children were already in full-time daycare. I have a four-year-old and an almost three-year-old. Yes. They're at an age where they somewhat understand, but they can forget. Yeah. So they understand that they have to keep their hands to themselves. They understand, you know, you have to wash your hands after you do things, go to the washroom before you eat, all of that stuff. So that part was okay for me. But when this all happened and we stopped going out and we didn't go to, you know, nonna or nonna's house or grandma or grandpa's house or to an aunt or uncle's house, it I had to explain it in a way so that when I use the word virus, I felt like... um for us, it was a little bit of a shock to them. They didn't really understand the term. So we we sort of dubbed it the cold. Yeah. Because that's something kids most commonly get. And again, mm. being in daycare, they have runny noses all the time. It's just, I, yeah. I, it's just a given. Right? <laughs> so we called it the cold. And because of the cold, we have to stay so far away from each other. So you yeah. stay beside mom and dad all the time when we go anywhere. You know, if we go visit grandma or grandpa it was always on the driveway or at the door and we were sort of at the end of the you know the the porch or the veranda and they were at the door and it was so that the cold germs didn't get into you and give you the cold so that's sort of how we explained it and yeah I think the weirdest thing was that when the gathering size like increased and we were able to as our family go visit my parents or you know my in-laws they didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. We walked in the door and they stayed, you know, glued to our, glued to our hips. Like, yeah. okay, we'll go near them. And it's like, no, well, we're in the house together, but we still need to stay distance because the cold yeah. can still be here. We don't know if we have it. We don't know if anybody else has it. So yeah. sort of did that. And we said that the cold is a germ that's going around that's making people very sick for a long time right now. So that's why it's important that we wash our hands and that we keep our distance, and that when we go out, we wear our masks and all of that. Yeah. I've been yeah. fortunate enough that they've sort of picked up on that, but uh, everybody has a different way of, of explaining it, right? Like some kids will like, oh, virus, okay, they're okay with that. But in my house, we called it the cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's such a, it's an interesting topic that we're in right now, because, you know, in, in one aspect, depending on the age of, of your kids or anybody's kids, um, you know, some might be too young to really understand what's going on. So yeah. really, if, you, if you're a newborn, one, two years old, how much are you really going to remember of this moving forward? But at the same time, this is a very 
crucial part in their life where they, they are interacting with family. They're, they're understanding who grandpa, grandpa and grandma are and who their aunt and uncles are and who their cousins are. And they don't necessarily have that interaction right now uh, yeah. with them to know who their family really is. And I, I'm curious to see if, and I, I hope it doesn't end, uh, like, you know, go this way, but are these children that are born within COVID or, or young within COVID, are they going to grow up with just a general fear of the world that maybe we never grew up with? Like, this is just more of a hypothetical question right now. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it, it creates a lot of anxiety for parents to, you know, how do I, how do I teach my kids about what's going on and how to do things a proper way and what was normal compared to what normal is now. Cause I'm sure there's a ton of questions for these kids, like to say, I can't hug my grandfather when they're so used to doing that. Yeah. And, and Melissa, I know we talked about this previously, but you know, you, you said you never really grew up and, and suffered much anxiety or mental health. Like it was always very easy for you, but you said, you know, with COVID just being a mother and having a family, there's been a lot of anxiety in your life. And I don't know if maybe you want to touch upon where that came from or, or why you have that anxiety moving forward. So historically, um, any sort of panic attack or anxiety episode that I've had is, is very situational. And that like, you know, I, I learned about that when I turned, I think I was 20 when that, when I first sort of got my first feeling of that. And for me, um, about a week before the lockdown happened while I was still in the office, it was, you know, a very tough situation. I felt like I was sort of at a standstill. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to be in my workplace. I was scared for my kids. I just wanted to go home. I wanted to, you know, panic by everywhere and, you know, get my toilet paper. You know, that was yeah, a big yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Got all this food and like all this crazy stuff. And I swear, like, I felt like I couldn't breathe. I didn't yeah. know what to do. I didn't know what was going to work. I didn't know if I was going to have enough food to last me a week. And it was just like the way I reacted was, was just insane. And it literally turned me into, you know, picking up my kids one day before this even happened and telling my, my workplace that, Hey, I'm taking my computer home. I'm not comfortable being here. I got to go just, yeah. uh, and, and it was kind of abrupt the, the way I did it, but you know, they understood and I w I'm very grateful for that. And I picked up my kids. I went home. I told the daycare, you know, they won't be back until this is over sort of situation. Yeah. And literally within three days, the whole, you know, the whole province was locked down. So that's sort of what happened to me. But in terms of dealing with that anxiety and such, you know, I've developed my own ways, you know, breathing exercises and reminding myself of, okay, so, you know, this is happening now, but I have these positive things to look at to move forward. Right. And I think mm -hmm. it's really important for people to know how they deal with that, right? Have your own system or your own, you know, meditation method or thoughts that you put into your head to sort of calm yourself down. Everyone's got their diff different method, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so for me, being calm and, you know, sort of breathing in and out quiet and just thinking of the, you know, the bright side of it all to myself is enough to sort of lift myself back out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's just, I think it's an added stressor on top of a lot of things people go through as a parent, because naturally your kids are going to look up to you as a rock. Like if, if mommy and daddy are happy, like I'm going to be happy, but yeah. you know, you almost don't want to show that fear or that anxiety in front of your children because you don't need to create that extra, you know, anxiety maybe in their life. If they see that, you know, you're 
you know, kind of worrying about something, they're going to wonder what's going on. Like, why, why is mommy like that? So does that add extra anxiety for yourself? Especially now that we're all in such close quarters that you pick up on everybody's emotions. You know, do you find you have to be a little bit more of maybe hiding your, your emotions or kind of taking a step away from things? You just have to be brutally honest though. I think like in, okay. in the most understanding way possible, like you have to make them understand it. So you have to be honest, but in a, I guess in a, with more of a positive tone right because they do pick up on your emotions they do see you know how you feel with all of that but the amazing thing about kids is that they're very resilient and for some reason they do a lot of kids do tend to see the bright side of it all and and then again that comes a lot from how you approach it as a parent right so you know in my situation I've been you know very lucky with the understanding that my children have had and that they have each other in the house Mm-hmm. But as a parent, yes, you know, you're right, Nick, you, you sort of do have to be strong for them, right? Even though you're sort of feeling things yourself, but you also need to, to tell them that it's okay. Sometimes, you know, if you feel a certain way, you tell mommy and daddy, if you're scared, if, if something's bothering you, like, it's okay to talk about it to mommy and daddy, because once you talk about it, you'll be happy again. Right? So you have to be honest in a positive way, but don't make them afraid to talk about how they how they're feeling or what they're thinking about what's happening, right? Because they that's how they learn and that's how they become even more resilient. Absolutely, and and that kind of leads to a question that I've often wondered. I mean, obviously, I'm not in any place to really give advice, and I'm not a parent. But you know, how early is too early to introduce your children to just mental health in general? Like you said, you know, it's to be brutally honest. I mean, how early is it to say, hey, you know, you might feel you know, this panic or this anxiety and that's normal. And like, you never want to scare your, your child onto things they might feel later in life. But in your perspective, COVID aside, everything aside, how would you feel comfortable talking to your kids now about, about something like this? Um, you know what I would, because there are a lot of children's books out there that talk about emotions and for children to understand emotions are very important. So you would talk about, you know, why I'm happy, why I'm sad, why I feel angry. And that's normal, like starting from when a child can talk. Yeah. And, yeah. and even like part of their developmental skills, that's all normal for them to sort of express those emotions and feel those emotions. And it's up to the parent to sort of address that. So, you know, when let's say two kids are fighting over a toy and then someone's angry and hits them or throws them, you, sh- you should, you know, make that a learning opportunity. So, why did you throw that? Well, that made me angry. And why did that make you angry? And then you start talking about the different emotions or when they're crying, you know, why are you sad? What made you sad? And that's how you introduce those topics. And slowly as they get older, the, the seriousness of the topic will develop, but that's where you start. Yeah. You never hide emotions. You always talk about their emotions when they're feeling it. You stop them and you have a conversation with them about it. And I'm not telling you that it's easy because it is not. As a parent, you try to be patient, but you do get frustrated, especially with, you know, siblings. It's it's very, (laughs) it's tough, but, you know, parents, as parents, we learn every day. And this is something I'm learning as I'm going as, and as my, my son who's older is getting older and he's becoming more, you know, inquisitive about everything. He questions galore, which I absolutely love about him is that he asks questions about everything all the time. And every question asked, especially when it comes to emotions 
or what's going on right now in the world and such, you take it as a learning opportunity and everything is a stepping stone. Everything will develop. God, oh, parenting awesome. sounds hard. <laughs> so, so you're saying if you can avoid parenting, just don't, don't do it at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, 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 it's, it, it seems like, I mean, just as you said with the, uh, like using your language appropriately for COVID, saying it as, a, as the cold as opposed to the virus, just kind of knowing your audience and knowing what language to use yeah. as opposed to like not scare them, but to educate them and to slowly change that language over time to continue that education and further that growth of, of the understanding of emotions and feelings and, and mental health. And, and uh, it might not start out, out as a talk about mental health. It might just be a talk about, like you said, like, why are you feeling angry or why are you feeling happy or sad or, exactly. or, or anything like that? Yeah. 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 And then it'll develop over time. I mean, you know, right now it's, it's more talking about, you know, when you're angry or you're sad, what made you feel that way and how can you fix that next time? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, like mostly, but like, again, you know, just starting with the basic emotions will lead up to the, to the tougher conversations as they get older. Definitely. Definitely. How, how have you found that now that we're a pro we're in stage three uh, mm -hmm. and we're, we're opening up more, how have you found that? I mean, yourself and, and even your kids have kind of adapted to the new normal. Do you find that they're a lot more reserved? Are they excited to get back into the world? Do you find they have a different attitude as to like, if I, they're going back to school next year, are they asking questions about, hey, mom, do I have to, you know, stay away? What do I have to do? Or are they just excited and they want to get back into it? Well, I've had the question from my son uh, uh, mostly is when am I going to go back to school? And he's going to start um, kindergarten in September. Okay. So it'll be a whole new world for him there. But um, he is aware based on, you know, what we've spoken about that things will be different. But, you know, we've sort of explained that you listen to your teachers and you listen to, you know, the sort of guidelines and rules that they put out and then you'll be, you know, safe in that environment that they that they put you in as long as you know you're cautious about what you're doing but yeah for the most part they're excited you know to get back out we go for walks every day and we see kids playing and they're eager you know when the parks reopen which i i'll be honest i'm a little bit reserved about yeah. you know yeah they're, they're just itching to go back to the park so you know we'll see when the time comes how my my comfort level gets at that point but um they're excited about it, but they're definitely aware that things are different. Yeah, you know, for sure. How how are how is all of this uh, opening up with respects to your kids going back to school and back to playing on playgrounds and being with their friends? How does that make you feel? Like, how does that does that cause anxiety? Does that cause stress? Um, I would say I've sort of passed that anxious, you know, stage of it. It's more of a bit of a stressor not knowing what the plan is at this point. Yeah. I know what the daycare plan is, you know, mm -hmm. for my daughter, should she need to go back um, come September. I know what, what that's going to look like. They have a solid plan. They have their reopening and all of that. And they're, and they're doing a great job in preparing for that. So shout out to them. They're doing a great job. But it's just not knowing where the school boards are with what's going on. And I know that they're going to have a more firm plan um, next week, as they've said today on, on the news. But that's a little bit, um, that's what's causing a bit of the stress. Not so yeah. much, so much, I, would, I wouldn't call it anxiety. It's just more of a stress of, of not knowing and thinking that, you know, we would have known this by now and 
preparing the kids for a month. You know what I mean? Like it's going to take a while to prepare them for the the faster we know, the better it'll be. And the more prepared they'll be. Right. So I think. And and there was one kind of situation that I guess, I mean, it's a a fairly big, I mean, I know your son graduated with preschool that that was this year. So, and they, they couldn't do any ceremony or, or anything like that. Um, but I, I saw you post that some of the teachers came, came by and at least that was a really nice gesture for them to come by and still yeah. give them a sign and congratulate them and say, you know, you've graduated. Did he, did he have questions or did he wonder like, why, why can't we do a ceremony? Like, was that, uh, did that kind of make him sad in a way when that happened? Um, I think he sort of forgot about it like last year. So the way the preschool is, is that it's mixed. So a lot of his friends graduated and then he was still in there for another year. Right. So he was really excited that, okay, next year is my turn. I'm going to get this big ceremony and this party and, and all of that. But he sort of, I feel like he sort of forgot about it. And then when they came to give him everything, he remembered what it was, but he was very shy. They were both very shy because we went outside and, he was confused and we had told him, you know, they're going to come say congratulations to you and they have a surprise for you and all of that. And he was very, very reserved, but excited at the same time. So he actually stood on the step while they were all on the lawn. And when we told him to come down to sort of take a picture a little bit, he was kind of like, okay, well, how close? Like, yeah, just pick me up and put me there sort of of situation. So it was a little bit confusing, but you know, back to when we were talking about, how is it when they go out in public? He he was very shy. So that's I feel like going back to that routine is going to be another adjustment for a lot of children. Yeah. Now, from not from a professional point of view or from a medical point of view, because none of us are professionals or, or med, uh, doctors. Mm-hmm. Do you think, as a parent, in this situation, if you become too overbearing, too overprotective, too cautious, that it could cause issues down the road for their children when it comes to their anxieties? Like, do you think that that could cause anxiety problems in their in their kids? And now that's that's a tough question to answer because, I yeah. mean, you're not a doctor, but as a parent, how do you think that that would play with uh, with someone's kids? As a parent, and this is just my opinion, like you said, yeah. like we're not doctors, you you can be protective, but you need to let your children explore. You need to let them make mistakes because if you put that wall up around them, mm-hmm. they're going to put a wall up around themselves. They're not going to know how to deal with certain situations and they're not going to know how to deal with certain emotions. So yeah. when you sort of put that wall up around them, let's say, you know, I'm instill fear in my kids that they're going to go outside and they're going to get sick. Well, how's it going to be when they go to school and when they go back, Mm -hmm. you have to let them know that they need to be cautious again, you know, in, in sort of the nicest way possible. But I feel like if you do put those walls up around your kids, then it's just, you know, later in life, they're going to, they're going to continue to put up walls and they're going to continue to overprotective with themselves and not let themselves learn or explore. Definitely. That's honestly, Jesse, that's a great question. And, and, you know, yes, we're not professionals, but I think there really is no better professional than the parent themselves. Like, I mean, naturally you become that expert because you live within a daily basis. Like they, you are the ones teaching them and helping them grow and everything like that. Now on a little bit of the lighter side, Jesse, I, I, you know, I, I, so I know Melissa's family very well. We, uh, they were my next door neighbors, uh, Nunzio, her husband that, uh, she married into and, and, her husband is probably the biggest child at heart. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> so my question for you, Mel, is how was the biggest child in the family dealing with with COVID and and everything like that? Is is he staying okay? Do you have to give him a lollipop every now and then to calm him down? Or um, he's amazing, <laughs> actually. You know, he's that's he's awesome. Amazing. Because I think him being sort of a mobile worker, it sort of works out for him. Like it wasn't as tough for him. But I'll say that even with our children and everything, he was awesome because he was also very accommodating to me at the beginning when I wasn't feeling so great about it. Mm-hmm. He um, would do all the grocery shopping. And he's like, okay, well, for the beginning, I'm the only one that's going to go because if anybody's going to get sick, it's me. That's sort of the mentality he had. And and as much as I never wanted him or ever want him to get sick, I was grateful that he was sort of taking on that role while I wasn't feeling comfortable with going out and such. But I'll be honest, you know, he's been amazing. He's been great at dealing with the the, the kids' emotions and explaining things to them and you know, he's a great father altogether when it comes to that. And him being a kid at heart really helps me, who's a little more serious at times, sort yeah. of calm down, especially with the kids and sort of brings me back down to that level saying, you know, you have to be playful with them and they'll learn more and they'll appreciate more when you're at that level. And he's he's just got something in him that's so good with that. Nunja, so you're the man. You're putting us all to shame here. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> Go ahead, Jess. So um, back to your bands, I, I have a few questions about um, those for you. Do you do you have them for kids as well? Well, right now um, we have them all in in one size. Yeah. And even for kids, like I I sort of did my research. My kids got a lot of these funny bands, um, you know, at birthday parties and such, and yeah. they tend to use the uh, the same standard size. So okay. right now it's one size sort of sort of fits all, but. Um, nice. My kids like to wear theirs, so it's fun. Because right I, I think that that's a, a great way for kids to understand it a little bit better, to be more comfortable with it. Just mm-hmm. because, you know, they the the it's a clear red, yellow, green of what to do in those certain situations and, and um, kind of eliminating that ambiguity of, of what to do in those certain situations. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's awesome that, that they're going to be available for kids as well. I think that that'd be a great transition for them back into, into schools as well. My other question is, as have you ever thought about making those bands into like general mental health of, and it's just kind of when you, you showed me these ideas of, of, you know, uh, uh, you know, red being, you know, maybe uh, a, a student is and I'm thinking in high school, a student is having a really tough day. Um, yeah. And, and you know, for, you know, everyone might if they if they choose to wear a green band just means that they're having a good day. Yellow mm-hmm. means they're having a bit of an off day. They don't kind of kind of they need to be on their space. Red yeah. means, hey, you know, I need somebody to reach out. Now they don't have to put that red on all the time, but they could put it on a specific time and someone sees that, then they, you know, realize that that person might need a little bit more of help. Um, just just a, a, an idea of that, you know, maybe it could be a, a general mental health thing because I think it is such a, a phenomenal idea, great communication, yeah. a way to communicate, um, especially with, you know, mental health of, of being a, a topic that is, still a tough topic to to talk about and a tough yeah. thing to to share emotions and and to um to open up so i think it's just you know just an idea and and uh and i think that that's a great idea uh, your your idea is a great idea my idea is just an idea yeah <laughs> the general coloring um right now 
with the specific sayings are very specific to what's going on right yeah. now. But yeah. as, um, as I keep going and as I keep, um, you know, as I'm active on social a lot on Twitter and reading into a lot of mental health associations and organizations, I do see it as a way to bring it further. And mm. there's like, there's been a lot of conversation around like, how will I bring this further, you know, um, you know, after sort of COVID fades away. And yeah. that's sort of the the same, you know, thought track that I was on with it, whereas yeah. it just tells you how you're feeling. Yeah. And it's funny how you mentioned like, you know, maybe a high school student, because that's sort of like high school students and university students are that sort of group that I see it working with a lot. Definitely. If you're around a lot of people all the time. You're in a classroom. You're sort of forced to talk to people, especially in yeah. university when you're, you're forced into groups and, and things like that. Right. Yeah. So um, I, I did sort of had those same thoughts, but I'm so happy that you that you brought it up and that you see it the way I sort of envision it as well, which mm -hmm. just tells me that it might be a worthwhile thing. Right. Yeah. 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 And again, those uh, those bands are are six dollars a piece and a dollar goes to towards a uh, mental health organization. And uh, again, we will be posting the um, uh, the the link for your website where there's lots of great content. Um, and Mel, sorry, that website again is is what? Notoc.com. Notoc.com. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> It just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> just rolls at notoff.com. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's great. And uh, yeah, Mel, we, we really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story with us uh, and giving us some really insightful information uh, of just being a parent and, and going through. Um, and, and kudos to you and Nunzio and, and your whole family for, you know, being strong and, you know, being uh, uh, great leaders and role models to the kids. And uh, I know the Presta family very well, and, and they're all very respectful and very great people. And I know you guys have missed your Wednesday dinners uh, <laughs> and you guys all get together. Uh, so I'm happy you guys can have that back and be around family again. So, uh, Mel, we wish you all the best with the organization. Uh, you will be hearing a lot more about it um, through our platform. And uh, yeah, just all the best to you and the family. Uh, and thank you for joining us on the podcast. Well, thank you so much, Mel. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And I just want to let you guys know that I that I love what you're doing. I love what you're about. And I hope you guys continue to do this, you know, as long as possible with mm -hmm. um, with all the topics that you're bringing up on your podcast. And, you know, kudos to you guys. Thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate that. All right, guys, so that wraps up another episode. And uh, you'll be hearing from us uh, in a couple weeks. Hope you guys enjoy your week. Thanks, guys. Thanks. I'm a flame. You're the fire. I'm the dark in need of light When we touch, you inspire Feel the change in me tonight So take me up